you continue to touch our hearts and Lord, I just pray their ears, our minds, and our hearts are open for what you have for us today, Lord. And help me to speak clearly as as usual, as always pray for, Lord. So we just thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to continue our looking at Acts again today. And last week, if you remember, we looked at this concept of waiting, that the uh, apostles were told to, to wait in Jerusalem, to wait for the Holy Spirit to come, and that the Holy Spirit would come, and it would, would, would descend upon them, and then they would go and be witnesses to Jerusalem, and to Judea, and Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. And today what we're going to look at is the, the wait is over. The, the, the Holy Spirit is going to come this, in this section of Acts that we're going to look at today. But to, before we begin, I want to look at this section out of Joel. Joel is, is uh, a prophet that was written like 800, 835 years before this day that we're going to look at today. So these are the words out of Joel, Joel 2, 28 through 29. It says, And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So like I said, that's 800 years ago that Joel is speaking of the spirit. And if you remember, this is something that Jesus talked about to the apostles of the spirit's going to be poured out on them. And in human history, like we kind of I don't think we really take it for granted, but in a way we do take it for granted. Like the Holy Spirit coming, and especially in this fashion, this is, this is really a big deal. This is a big day in, in the history of the world. And today, like I said, there's been a long wait, but the wait is over. So let's just, let's just get right into it. We're going to look at Acts 2, verses 1 through 13. And that'll be on, your, on the screen. So listen along with me. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is this that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and other parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. So just imagine, they're probably in a room, it's probably smaller than this room, and there's 120 people in this room. We're gathered together, so we're in here praying, 120 of us. There's no air conditioner, it's hot sweaty they're waiting maybe not even quite sure what they're waiting for knowing that jesus said like wait for the holy spirit but what does the holy spirit look like 
What, or am I even going to know what that is? Maybe the Holy Spirit's already come and I just don't know it. Now, I think these are questions that like, I would ask them. Now, they've just spent 40 days with the risen Jesus, the Jesus that has risen from the dead. This Jesus that they also saw lifted just like 10 days before, lifted up to the clouds, lifted up to heaven in the clouds. So this group of people, you could think like they were used to seeing some miraculous things. They, were, they saw people healed. They saw Jesus in all kinds of fashions, like just a, a person that died and now is living. That's, that's some pretty crazy stuff to see, to experience. But I'm sure they still wondered about what does the Holy Spirit look like? What is this? And, and when he, the Holy Spirit comes, like what strange thing is maybe gonna, am I going to experience next? And I think about those things, like if you're familiar with this, like these adrenaline junkies, you know, adrenaline junkies that are just waiting for the next thrill. I don't know if you have seen any of the Red Bull stunts that they've done, but these are like crazy things that they do. Like there was one they were going to try to fly airplanes upside down, or I don't know exactly what, and like switch pilots. I think that one they, pulled, they, they canceled it because it wasn't going to work. But, like, these thrill seekers, like, these crazy things. So what are they going to see next? But this group of people, like I said, they've seen amazing things the last 40 days. So what could possibly happen that they haven't seen before? Well, I, they experienced something they haven't seen before because we just read about it. But they also, when they were sitting in this room, remember... John and all of them, they lived with Jesus. So they saw Jesus and they heard his words. And in the book of John, we see these words also. It says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father. And he will give you another, this is important, another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. That's John 14, 15 through 21. Now keep that image that we're in here. Remember, we're in this room. It's probably not as, it's even as much light as there is in this room. We're praying. Maybe we're thinking about these words of John. That Jesus said there's going to be the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit is going to come. This Holy Spirit is going to be this advocate. It's going to be with us forever. Suddenly we hear the sound of a violent wind. Violent wind that we, it's coming from heaven. It fills this entire room. Now, I don't know what a wind from heaven looks like. But just imagine it, what that would be. Then all of a sudden, we see this tongue of fire come through the roof into this room. And then this tongue of fire divides and everybody in this room, we, we, there's a tongue that falls upon each one of us. And we start praising God. And we start speaking in other tongues. Back to this idea of a, a wind that comes from heaven. Look at this picture that we see right here. You remember that storm? 
Father's Day 2010? That was from my, my house. And yeah, your same reaction. Like I'm taking pictures out here and Kim's yelling, get back in the house! I'm like, it's like, what, half a mile away? Like, I'm fine. But now, I imagine that's probably a violent wind. And you saw the destruction that that caused. But this is a violent wind from heaven that nothing was destroyed. So I think in verse 12 of what we just read in Acts, I think it summarizes what just happened here. People said, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? I'm not sure. In fact, I know I'm, I'm sure. We're not going to be able to fully answer that question today. We're going to answer part of it. So we're going to try to answer some of it. Because this is a big, big subject. This is, this is, there's a lot of information about what just happened. First thing that I want to look at is, this is something in this church and many, many other churches, in the Pentecostal churches, we believe in the Trinity which is what we just experienced, the Trinity. This is not an easy concept to understand. Because this concept of the Trinity, there's one God, but there's three distinct persons in this one God. There's the Father, there's Jesus, and there's the Holy Spirit. Now when Jesus was baptized, we actually see all three of these distinct people, these distinct representations of God it's the one God, all, all together. So if we l- listen to Matthew 3, 16 and 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, so this Jesus was here on earth, the Son, who is God. He went up to the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God. So here's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, so we have God, the Father now. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. All three, the son, the father, and the Holy Spirit, all three of them have been present since the beginning. They weren't created, but they're all God. Genesis 1-2, we see these words. It says, we were told the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then John 1.1, we're told that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word, in John 1, that's Jesus. Demonstrate us that all three characters, all three people of God were in existence from the beginning. They were not created. Now, as I said, this is a hard, at least it's hard for me to wrap my brain around of how that, and people debate this over the centuries, what this looks like. They give different illustrations of what this looks like. There's an illustration, many of you probably have heard this, this illustration of, to try to describe the Trinity as, as water, right? If some, if people, some of them hold the water, because water can have three different forms. It can have a liquid form like we drink, a vapor as in gas, like a sauna or something, the steam. And then there's ice, which it gives us some idea. But the, you want to know what the problem is with that, that analogy? Is that Jesus is not a form of God. The Spirit is not a form of God. They are God. And God is not a form of the Spirit. 
or of Jesus. He is God. This is an example I ran across this week or an illustration of, of it. And it's in your handout. And that's the only thing I put in your handout. Because I want you to take notes or not take notes. But this is, this is what the best thing I can say to what I just described to you. So if you look at this, you will see that it has, it, God's in the middle. And you have this triangle. And the Son is God. The Spirit is God. The Father is God. But if you look on the outside, that circle, that's what I'm talking about form. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Spirit. The Spirit is not God. And vice versa, the other way around that circle. They are all distinct people. All distinct from each other. They are not a form of each other. They are all themselves, their own, their own entity. But they're all God. So this week, maybe just look at that. Kind of just think about that. What does this really mean? So something else that this event means in history is that this means, remember when Jesus talked about, he promised this Holy Spirit is going to come, is going to descend upon everybody. It's going to descend upon them. And it's going to spend there forever. Not like the Old Testament times when you would see, Old Testament text, you would see the Spirit would descend upon somebody for a period of time. Now this helper, this advocate that we read about in John, this advocate, this whole, the Holy Spirit is present forever. The wait is over. I want to bring back this concept of wind that we talked about. Remember this violent wind that from heaven. So wind is something that we don't see it, right? Wind isn't seen in itself. But you see the effects of the wind, don't you? Like that storm we talked about on Father's Day. Or this spring, I was driving back from the Midwest, and I just happened to, to miss a tornado, and we were driving through it afterwards, and I saw big grain bins just squished like a, like a soda can. Just, the wind just took it and destroyed it. And something else about the wind, the wind is everywhere. And there's a never-ending supply of it. The wind is always with us. Now, if some of you are from Great Falls, like you know exactly what I'm talking about because the wind is always there, always blowing. Something else that this means, this, this event history means is, did you notice something about the Holy Spirit that when the tongues of flame divided, they descended upon everyone? The Holy Spirit is available for everyone that puts their faith in Jesus. We didn't see the, the Holy Spirit just go, okay, yeah, Deb, you're pretty good, so I'm going to, yeah, you can have the Holy Spirit, and, and well, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but this section over here, but, ah, okay, yeah, you guys can have it. Arnie, no way. Over here, yep, you guys can have the Holy Spirit. We saw the Holy Spirit descend upon everyone in that room, everyone in that room that put their faith in Jesus wasn't just a few people. Galatians 4, 4 through 7 tells us this. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. 
because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. So what does this mean? Remember, the Holy Spirit came upon everybody that put their faith in Jesus. It, remain, it means that when we receive, when we accept Jesus, that we have this adoption into God's family. And that we all can receive the Holy Spirit. We all receive the Holy Spirit. It means that whatever, whatever my past is, like you can't outbad God. Whatever your past is, and you put your faith in Jesus, that you receive the Holy Spirit. And you're going to be called a son or a daughter of God. Now in that room, there was men, there was women, there was people with all kinds of pasts. There was different colors of skin. They had different careers that they had. They were different in many, many ways. So many different things. You can't even list them all. And what they had in common is they all believed in Jesus. And they all received the Holy Spirit. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Who is over all and through all and in all. All of us are united with this unity of the Spirit. The Spirit who is God. Spirit who doesn't discriminate. We're all united in the Spirit. And this is actually, I saw this demonstrated this morning. This is why I love this church. On any given Sunday, it doesn't matter who walks through the door. It doesn't matter who you are. That we're all united and we all love one another. And it doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter if you're poor. It doesn't matter if you're a nobody. It doesn't matter if you're a famous movie star. Like if Tom Cruise walked through the door. It doesn't matter if you're the mayor. If you're a believer in Jesus or not a believer in Jesus, we're all united in the Spirit, loving one another. Amen. So what does this mean? Something else this means is, have you ever been in a crowd of people and, and there's just lots of noise going on and you hear this familiar voice? Like think of, uh, parents, I think you can relate to this. Now, in a few weeks, the fair is going to be here, right? So if you've had kids or you have kids, like you've been to the fair with your children or you're probably going to take them to the fair with the children. And remember, like a kid, like they're excited, so they don't stay right by you. Like they kind of run off and maybe you don't see them, but they're kind of within, you, you kind of know the general vicinity of they are. So there's all these fair noises going on. There's all these people talking. But you know what? When all of a sudden their kid realizes that they don't see you, or they want something, and they go, Mom, 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 Dad, Dad. Like you hear it, right? Like you hear this familiar voice because you know that voice. Or I have a friend that, like his kids know his whistle. He can whistle really loud. So they might be like a mile away. And when he whistles, they recognize that whistle. And it's familiar to them. 
and they come running. That's what the people experienced. They're all in Jerusalem, all in this crowded city, all in this town. And these, the Holy Spirit comes and people start speaking in the other tongues. The people listen and they go, that sounds like my language. That sounds like, who is here from, that I maybe know? So they come running. Now, this was the Feast of Pentecost. The Feast of Pentecost was, there was people from all over that we came to Jerusalem to celebrate this Feast of Pentecost. Something else that if you're, you should remember this by now, because I say this a lot, but also the people there that were in this room, they also knew these words too. When Jesus said about making disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, isn't this the perfect launching pad for those instructions? Now, this week in school, it, it just happened that the Trinity is what we were talking about this week. And let me tell you, there are a lot of different things floating around in this head of mine because I had to read an awful lot of stuff this week. And you don't want me sharing it with you. You don't want me using soterology and pneumatological theology and a lot of these, like I'd have a dictionary next to me all the time because there was a lot of big words. But I want to share something I did read this week with you. And this is what, it, what, what a person said. It says, This gathering of the nations was a perfect platform for launching the worldwide mission of the church. This event told the Jerusalem church that God intended the gospel for all the nations in their own languages. And that's what the people heard. The crowd heard about the wonders of God, it said. The wonders of God. They heard about Jesus. They heard the testimony of this risen Jesus, this Jesus that, that rose from the dead in their native tongue. They heard all about Jesus, how He gives us forgiveness of our sins, how He's healed people, and how they can receive this life also, and how they can become a son or a daughter of God, and how they can receive the Holy Spirit. Think about when we, we had some of us in this room, a lot of us in this room, when, when we heard God's voice. When we heard in whatever native language maybe we were speaking at at that time. And we needed to hear about God. And we heard that. And we came running. We heard those wonders of God. We experienced those wonders of God. We answered that call. We became a son or a daughter of God. And we we're excited. We received the Holy Spirit. And we went and we told others. But. There's always a but, isn't there? There's always a but in all this. There were those that didn't want to hear it. Those that maybe they came running. They heard a familiar noise. A familiar sound. They came running. But when they heard it, they rejected it. And that's what we see in this last verse. It says, Some, however, made fun of them and said, They had too much wine. Have you ever had someone maybe make fun of your faith? Make fun of you because you follow Jesus? Been in a crowd of people and the people are talking, they're making comments about those people, and you're one of those people? One of those Jesus people? People are going to reject the message. 
They reject it all the time. But something about this, Holy Spirit is in you. Don't let it discourage you. Listen to these words out of 1 Timothy 1, 7 and 8. For the Spirit of God gave us, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. So don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. If people reject you, don't be ashamed. The Spirit gives us power. Now, as I conclude today, let me say that I really, I have just touched the surface of this concept of the Holy Spirit. As we go along in Acts, we're going to see more about the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk more about that, because this, this is a very important part of our, of our faith, of the Holy Spirit. And I could fill a room with the number of books written. We could fill this whole room full of books written on it. In fact, if you saw my kitchen table right now, you can't see my kitchen table because there is books and papers all over it because I still got an assignment due this afternoon. But like I said earlier, like this is a big event in church history. This is a big deal. Now in the past, I mentioned that we would see a person become filled with the Holy Spirit. Or in, and in the Old Testament, like this would be, they'd be filled for a certain period of time. Or it, it would just be one person that the Holy Spirit came and dwelled in them. It wasn't everybody. For example, like 1 Samuel 16, 13. These are, this is what it says. From that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Deuteronomy 34, 9. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the Spirit of wisdom. So one could think of of the Spirit before this day in history, that the Spirit would come upon someone. Not everybody, someone. Come upon them, and maybe you could make an argument to not dwell in them. It might only be for a short period of time. Now, people argue back and forth about that. We don't need to argue back and forth about that, what that means. Does it mean it's just for a period of time? Or does it mean forever? debating some of these events that we read about in the Old Testament. But something about this, this verse, these, this section we read today, verse 4 of Acts 2, we see that everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now dwells within us. So what does this mean? It means there's, there's no debate. Now the Holy Spirit doesn't just come upon or dwell in certain people that are being used by God. What this means, and especially remember we said about John, that verse in John where we, get the, we have this advocate that comes upon us and dwells in us forever. Now the Holy Spirit dwells inside all of us if we choose to believe in Jesus. This Jesus that's sent by God for the forgiveness of our sins that by believing in him, by believe, putting our belief and our trust in Jesus, we become sons and daughters of God. And we're given this power of the Holy Spirit to proclaim to the world this message of the gospel. This one God. Three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The wait is over. The time is now. Amen. 
Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your words. Just thank you for just, to me, this whole concept of the Trinity, it is mind-blowing of how this all works.